1: I sure do. What a fun episode. She is delightful. Yes, she is. I love her story, how she was trying to do it all as a working mom with dings and buzzes constantly controlling where her attention was each day, but she made a decision to do it a different way.
0: Yes, and it's made all the difference in her own life and the lives of hundreds of thousands of women around the world. I love Emily's heart and Simplified's mission to equip, inspire, and empower women with tools and systems that will simplify their lives.
1: I know that's music to your ears as an Enneagram One.
0: (laughs) You know me so well. (laughs) Their cornerstone product, the Simplified Planner, is so beautiful and incredibly practical. You don't even have to be an Enneagram One to love this planner.
1: And if you're not a paper planner person, Simplified has tons of other products That will help you simplify your life too. Notebooks, mugs, baby books, art prints, journals, and more.
0: And every single one of Simplified's products are beautiful. To see everything Simplified has to offer and start simplifying your life today, head to EmilyLay.com and use our code RAISING15. For 15% off your purchase at Simplified. Again, that's emilylay.com, and the code for our listeners is RAISING15.
1: Scott Sauls is the senior pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church here in Nashville, Tennessee. Before coming to Nashville, Scott was a pastor alongside Dr. Timothy Keller at Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City. Scott is a frequent speaker at conferences, leadership retreats, and to university students where he helps others connect their emotional and spiritual lives. His latest book, Beautiful People Don't Just Happen, is a field guide to help readers who feel unfinished and on the mend under Jesus' merciful, mighty healing hand. Scott is married to Patty and has two daughters, Abby and Ellie. Scott, It is so much fun to have you in this room. Yes, You have been a longtime friend to the two of us and someone we respect and a voice that is so needed in our world right now. Mm -hmm. And you, as we just shared, are an author of many books, and it's so much fun to get to talk about your newest book. I'm going to read the title and subtitle because I love both so much. It's called Beautiful People Don't Just Happen. Mm How God Redeems Regret, Hurt, and Fear in the Making of Better Humans. I love that title so much, and I love the words behind that title.
0: And we got to come to a kickoff of the book Mm -hmm. where you read some of it, and I couldn't have loved it anymore. It
1: was a
2: fun night.
0: It was a fun night.
1: In fact, I told you the story that night. I don't know if you remember it or not, but Scott and I released books on the exact same day. And so we ended up guest on different podcasts like right after each other with several folks, and my... Publicist texted me and said, "I've listened to a couple of the interviews you've recorded, and you're talking more about Scott's book than your own, (laughs) and that's a problem for me." I said, "Well, it's not a problem for me at all because I love that man and so thankful for his words. So it's so much fun to have you here today. We go way back, don't
2: we, David? I don't even know if you remember.
1: Tell the history.
2: I think you were a tour manager for a Nashville recording artist, artist, yes, and you were dating." One of my dearest friends from college, who is now your wife, Connie, he and loves uh, you dearly. Yeah, so I was, I was in all those behind-the-scenes conversations where she was <laughs> falling in love and going crazy, you know, not being able to spend time with you because she was working out in the woods and you were on the road, and then you got married.
1: And you read Scripture at our wedding. Which is I an did incredible read scripture gift at your wedding. I remember that. Thankful for a lot of years. And so fun to have you here now. It is so fun. Even as we talk about your newest book, will you talk a little bit about why you wrote it and what you hope folks experience in reading it?
2: I think it's important to acknowledge that the title did not come out of my brain. It came from an Elizabeth Kubler-Ross quote, Mm. and she's, as y'all know, a therapist, and she talks in this paragraph that she wrote. I don't even know where it came from, but... She talked about how the most beautiful, approachable, durable, empathetic people that she's ever known are people who've known defeat, who've basically at some point in their lives hit bottom. That's not a direct quote, but the last line of that excerpt is beautiful people did not just happen. And so the title came from that. The book was born out of the pandemic a lot mm. like yours was, David, and just had human pain points on the mind and heart my own experience of those years and of course just you know being a pastor a lot like y'all mm. just being surrounded by people who are trying to make sense of what's happening and people being isolated from each other and home lives getting more difficult and and all the rest we were just thinking out loud with the publisher like what would be helpful the themes of regret you know guilt and shame those things we wish we could go back and change or those burdens about ourselves that we carry with us. Hurt, which is sort of the catch-all of the groan of creation that Romans 8 talks about that we're all subject to, and fear. You know, just worrying about what's next, what's around the corner, and what the future is going to be like. And so without planning to, it became probably the most transparent that I've ever been in in anything that I've written uh, just out of my own life. And I finished the book, and I'm like, Man, I'm one messed up dude. <laughs> like, I didn't know I had this much need and neediness in my own life, but it became really kind of a cathartic exercise for me to kind of draft off of a lot of years of counseling that I've been through and, you know, have Daystar and especially you, Sissy, to thank for the way you've served our family in the past and helped us just process the hard parts of being human as a family together, but It was a season where just a lot of things came back home to me and to us in terms of what we've learned from people who do what you do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. At the end, it became something that I didn't expect it to be. And that was like, you know what? If somebody asked me, how do you want to pastor people? I would say, this is what I would want you to experience being pastored Mm -hmm. in your regret or your hurt or your fear. And this is what I would want to hand somebody if they were showing up for somebody else in that regard. And there are a lot of great books along those lines. So I wouldn't say it's like a unique Eureka kind of project, but it's our project. You know, I say ARC is my wife. I've never submitted a chapter that Patty hasn't Mm -hmm. improved before it was put in front of an editor or somebody else. I hope it helps.
0: It does feel like we have the same heart in so many spaces. And yours obviously is different from a really spiritual standpoint, but I think, Scott, you do such a beautiful job of weaving the emotional and spiritual together, I think, in a way that speaks to the heart of where all of us are now and how we all feel like messed up people. And And we love, as counselors, that you talk so much about emotional health. And so thinking even specifically, you, you talk about joy and gratitude and lament and mm-hmm. how those contribute to our emotional health. Will you talk a little bit about that too?
2: Y'all know Chip Don. Yes. Yeah, he was the release yes. as well. More as my therapist than anything else, but <laughs> but I've worked with Chip for a while. Patty and I both have, and he wrote this book. Here I will talk about Raising Emotionally Strong Boys and also <laughs> The Voice of the Heart. The Voice of the Heart is, I guess, his sort of manifesto on what he calls the eight core human emotions, and i will see if I can think of them. Sadness, guilt, shame, anger, hurt, fear one more distressed emotion and gladness, right? Mm. So what's striking to me about that list is that seven of the eight are distressed emotions, which to me just tells the story about how God cares for us. This world is now fallen. It wasn't created that way, but it became that way. And so I'm going to give you seven different ways as my beloved image-bearing people. I'm going to give you seven different ways to... Process the distress of living life in a groaning world. And I'm also going to give you one emotion to remind you of the world that you came from and the world that you're going to. And that's the emotion of gladness. In the American context, emotions, I think, are just so poorly treated in our even willingness to allow them, right? Like, stop being so emotional or stop acting like a baby. When was it wrong to? Process the world like a child. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jesus had a lot to say about that, right? Yes. And so much of your work is about helping people reconnect with the child that they are, especially the child of God that they are. And so it's been a journey. I mean, it took me until I turned 50 to be willing to feel fully, or at least take the risk of feeling fully and still in process there. It feels more healthy Mm -hmm. (laughs) to invite healthy expression and stewardship of emotion in myself and others and it feels threatening and scary as well because honesty is threatening and scary as broken people and sinful people but we're just kind of along for the ride right now Mm -hmm. i wish both patty and i could have started earlier in that journey but here we are
0: david did you get your taxes finished (laughs) what did you say (laughs) what are you eating
1: Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone.
0: Where'd you get them?
1: Thrive Market.
0: Uh, how much do we love Thrive Market?
1: I could record an entire podcast about that topic.
0: You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from The Honest Kitchen.
1: I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on.
0: <laughs> from pets to kids to grownups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive.
1: Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online and then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver.
0: I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs.
1: Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks.
0: And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order?
1: I saved $32.
0: I saved over $12.67.
1: How much did Patches save?
0: (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am.
1: You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month.
0: Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give.
1: I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift.
0: That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG. ThriveMarket.com slash RBG. David, can you believe it's already Thanksgiving week?
1: I really can't. This year has flown by.
0: Right? But I'm not mad about it. I love this time of year. What's one of your favorite things about Thanksgiving, David.
1: I love asking the kids in our offices what they're thankful for. What about you?
0: Same. I also love looking up verses about gratitude in the Bible. I was just looking up some in the Explorer Bible for Kids, and I love that it already has so many good, kid-friendly verses highlighted.
1: I love that. You know the special call-out sections like Exploring Creation and Discovering the Truth. They make it so easy for kids to connect the dots between the Bible and their reality which is such a great way for kids to absorb what they're learning.
0: Yes, and the more they learn and understand the Bible, the more they'll have to be thankful for.
1: So true. Engaging God's story is one of the best ways to build gratitude in kids. You know what I'm thankful for right now? That we get to offer our listeners an incredible deal from our friends at Lifeway. Buy your copy of the Explore Bible for Kids today at lifeway.com and get 50% off using code RBG. Scott, this season of our podcast, we're focusing on raising emotionally strong and worry-free kids. And we'd love to ask you, what is a memory from your growing up? Mm-hmm. A memory or story that shaped you into who you are?
2: So I'm an abuse survivor. Mm. Violence Rage mm. and other such things, and so I I grew up scared and built a lot of defense mechanisms in order to survive mm. that. And it's interesting. My brother's coming in town. We're gonna go to the Pearl Jam concert tonight, oh, wow. which will be a blast. But we have kind of a river runs through it story where I'm the older son who fought back by chasing success and victory and. Winning and my brother became the prodigal who ran to a distant country, and we both ran to a distant country just in different ways. But he went to school for counseling and became a believer a little bit later in life than I did. But we now have this ability to sort of look back and name what was tragic and yet help each other not be victim martyrs, but to hopefully be stewards of the hard things and also not caricature that whole season of our life as if it was all terrible and bad because we were given a lot of graces and gifts even in the context that we were in. But I think being an abuse survivor, David, to the question, I mean, it feels really dramatic, but that is the formative memory. That's the memory and experience that I think has made both of us who we are now more than anything else. We don't know what it's like to grow up in a nurturing environment. And oh. We've been fighting hard in our own marriages to create what we don't know ourselves mm. in hopes that our kids will have something to pass on to theirs. But back to the Kubler ross quote, there's something about having experienced and tasted the worst of what it means to experience being human that mm. if our hearts go at that fork in the road Not in the direction of cynicism and despair and victimhood and martyrdom, but in the direction of how can we be reparented and refathered and remothered? Well, there's Mm -hmm. Jesus. There's Jesus who's the answer also for people who grew up in great environments and life-giving environments. Even that environment will never be able to give you completely what you're made for. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, having two things, having suffered uniquely and having the gospel, Mm -hmm. having Jesus... And having people help us, you know, Mm. put those two together, like people like you Mm. who do what you do, it feels like there's an advantage. We have a friend who lost a son. David, we both showed up the night Mm. that it happened. There are instincts that I have that people there didn't have. And so much of those instincts in terms of how to show up in that kind of situation come from my own trauma. Mm. But that trauma has to go through a long process of mending right the scars create thicker stronger skin Mm. Mm. a reset bone that's been broken is harder to break Mm. uh in the future and and so i don't know i think there's some metaphor in all of that that points back to what even the scriptures themselves tell us about how suffering produces Mm. perseverance and character and hope that doesn't disappoint but but there's a submission and a surrender that has to happen in order for us to enjoy those benefits later on right Mm. and So thankfully, I want more to submit and surrender most Mm. of the time than I do fighting back and Mm. resisting and being cynical. We have our moments. I have my moments in that regard.
0: Mm, Yes. I feel so privileged to know your family a little Mm -hmm. and to get to witness the— I feel like you all have as much tenacity and commitment and like doggedness to— having an emotional, healthy family. I think you have fought hard with your girls to move toward that. We're still in junior high in that process. I mean, all of us like, like, we're
2: still figuring it out, but thank you.
0: Well, will you talk a little bit about them? This season of our podcast is about emotionally strong and worry-free kids.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Anything that you can think of that's helped contribute to that in them? Because they're kind of raised... Mostly, partly at this
2: point. Kind of amazing. They are amazing. And they they couldn't be more different than each other. They share in common that they have Scott and Patty Saul as their parents, (laughs) for better or for worse, mostly for better with respect to their mom. And they both thankfully are walking with Christ Mm. and are actively involved in their local churches and continued with the kind of community that we raise them in, which you're always kind of nervous about, you know, because there are no guarantees. Abby just got married. You met us so through exciting. Abby, and and yes. and we met you it through Abby. Amazing! She is a carbon copy of me mm. in terms of the things that trip her up mm. and the things that make her the remarkable contributor mm. that she is. And we're both Enneagram fours mm. uh, with a three wing. We both feel the darkness and notice the darkness, mm-hmm. are more sensitive to the darkness in the world than most. Mm-hmm. And we both long for redemption and And our te- our, our tears come mm-hmm. when redemption and darkness are put together in the same sentence or mm-hmm. story. We're moved. It's not just factual to us, but we're also hypersensitive and hyperprotective and all of those sure. things that go along with, with our wiring but yeah, so she married Jeff Timmers. So she's Abby Timmers now. And they are in New York City, which was the city that formed her. Mm. And he's working with the Mets, which is really That's fun. Cool. And she just uh, got a job with Hope for New York, which is the uh, kind of mercy and justice, nonprofit supporting organization that was a ministry of the church that we were, were part of and wow. served when when we were in New York. And so they're on their way. They're not without struggles. They're, they're living in a room about this size and pay, <laughs> pay more in rent for that room than we do in mortgage for our house. But, but they're all grown up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ellie's at Auburn, our youngest, and she's just a bright light. Mm-hmm. And she's in her junior year. She's interning with her church. She's in a sorority. She's Doing great in class, having a blast, doing all these things, and wondering about what her life's going to be after college. Mm, and of course, and so we're just thinking for both of them. As long as it's in Nashville, we're good. Yes. Uh, so whatever yes. you're doing, but yeah, she's just she's precious. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's so all I can say. She takes after her mom in <laughs> in a lot of ways in that regard. Mm. Yeah, she's got her mom's you know tenderness and empathetic vibe you know Mm. like she really cares about people and Mm. she's approachable and Mm. safe and a whole lot of fun yes yeah
0: yeah it's awesome
1: having young adult children and the perspective that you have in that season of life what is something looking back that you worried about as a parent that you think now i wish i hadn't Mm.
2: Well, I don't know if I wish I hadn't, but we worried about whether or not our kids would become damaged pastor's kids, right? Mm. You hear the PK stories, and from very young age, we just kind of felt like we need to fight for them mm-hmm. to have their own identities and be their own people and have their own path. It was harder in high school. Mm. I think it's less difficult now in adulthood. They're remarkable in and of themselves and who they've they been are. made to be, yes, and that's are. who we want them to be. Obviously, they're ours, but we don't want that to be the main thing that they're known for because they have Mm -hmm. their own unique, amazing contribution to make. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Well, thinking back on parenting journey, if there is something you wish someone had told you early on, a statement that you feel like would have helped, or something that someone did, Mm -hmm. what would you say it would be?
2: So this is what I always encourage young couples who come in, wanting to get married, want me to do their officiate, and I require some premarital stuff, Mm -hmm. work that we do together. And I always say, look, no matter how healthy or how unhealthy things are around your lives and in your lives and in your relationships, highly recommend at least your first year you do marriage counseling from Mm -hmm. the very beginning for your first year Mm -hmm. because preventative maintenance is a lot less involved than corrective, you know, maintenance and repair down the road. It takes me to what the writer of Ecclesiastes said, who's looking back on all these regrets in his life. And there's this one line in there where he says, remember your creator in the days that you're young. Mm. The answer to the question is start as early as possible Mm. to get as healthy as you can Mm. emotionally, personally, relationally, spiritually, vocationally, and otherwise. I feel like We could go back in time. We would start a lot earlier on that journey, and it it probably would have spared our kids a a lot of grief and struggle had we made that commitment, been willing to spend the money. You know, it's always about the money. We're just starting out and not wealthy. You know, you're like, oh, we just can't afford that. And I would look back probably on younger Scott and Patty, newlywed Scott and Patty, and say, you you can't afford not to. Mm. But at the same time, it's never too late to start good. Yes, it is.
0: David, have you heard everyone talking about The Chosen Season 3?
1: I have. This season, the most emotional chapter yet, picks up right where Season 2 left off, but turns up the tension.
0: We see Jesus deliver the famous Sermon on the Mount and the consequences others experience for living out His teachings.
1: His followers and enemies multiply, bringing all kinds of troubles and tough questions, many questions we've all asked ourselves. But in the
0: middle of all of that upheaval, we are reminded that Jesus gives rest.
1: We all need this story, and especially that reminder. Watch for free in the Chosen app. Episodes will roll out before Christmas. Visit thechosentickets.com for more information. That's thechosentickets.com. We talk a lot about arming ourselves with truth and would love to just ask you, what is one truth that you would say has helped you worry
2: less, specifically as a parent? As a parent, they belong to God before they belong to us. He's writing their stories so we don't have to. That's just a huge burden to assume the role of author to yes. your own kids' stories. You're gonna be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that there's a God who looks out for them who doesn't slumber and doesn't sleep, which is actually a psalm that your wife introduced me to. I, I became a believer in college and mm-hmm. Connie introduced me to the 120th Psalm uh, mm-hmm. that talks about how the Lord, you know, watches our going in and our coming out now and forevermore. He's the shade at our right hand and that he neither slumbers nor sleeps. So even when we're checked out, even when we're dead and gone, the Lord will not stop watching over them. So that's the comfort. And he's shown signs throughout the duration of their lives that that's true. But also just the comfort that every regret that we have, and we have a lot of them. And I wrote graduation notes to both of our daughters. I'm sorry, and you're welcome. You know, it's just, it's just a, a convoluted mess of both of those things. And to know that all of that can get resolved now through just owning things as opposed to trying to compensate Mm. for things with toys or becoming nice but never dealing with when you weren't, (laughs) you know, (laughs) to bring it into the light as the gospels encourage us to do with our kids. But we've experienced so much healing all of us have from just talking about the good and the hard in, in our own life as a family. And I'm sure there'll be more of those conversations in decades to come, but also knowing that everything is completely resolved in the new heaven and the new earth. Yes. And as C.S. Lewis says, you know, heaven will work backwards and turn the worst and hardest things into a glory, you know, mm-hmm. like waking up from a nightmare and you lose your spouse in your nightmare and then you wake up and they're breathing right next to you and you you love mm-hmm. them more yeah. <laughs> because you had the nightmare. Mm-hmm. You, right. you're, you're more... Warm toward each other because you had the nightmare. I feel like that might be a small glimpse of what heaven will be like, where we'll look back and say, you know, that was real, but it also now is only a bad dream because of the life that we, we get to enjoy now. So, yeah, all the things reconciliation and peace. I'm just a huge fan of how Christ gives those gifts.
0: Gosh, just feel the hope wash over me, even as you're saying those things. We talk so much about how thinking about the pandemic. And as you said, it's part of what you wrote this book out of, but we just have never seen parents feel as discouraged or hopeless in some ways as we have in the last few years. Mm -hmm. And you already did this beautifully. I didn't know if there's anything that you would add as a pastor, if there's something you could say to every parent of kids, every age today, Mm -hmm. what it would be.
2: The long view is your friend. Yes. Your child's story in all likelihood, is going to be 80 years long mm. and then infinite years after that. The long view is really important to not lose sight of the moment that you're in right now, especially if it's a really hard or even traumatic moment or season. I just tell you about our, our 24-year-old. I mean, mm. she's just glorious mm. and intense mm. and wonderful. You know, just mm. all the things but she would not be that person that she is right now if not for mm. our parental failures mm. and if not for you know the various hurts along the way of being moved from city to city three or four times and mm. pulled out of her community right as she's starting high school. Those were hard seasons, and they brought out a lot of hard, but she's so much of the good of who she is now because she walked through those things in this office mm-hmm. <laughs> the office that we're sitting in right now which helped us at home mm-hmm. you know to have tools and resources to navigate but the long view is so important cuz we can so fixate on the moment that we forget that whatever we're going through right now is developmental for all of us mm-hmm. us included mm-hmm. like we're being raised sure we're still, still growing up as well as a pastor too just taking it out of the context of our own family almost every time those hard child-raising experiences, eventually there's going to be a warmth, something better and richer with mm-hmm. mom and dad. And it may take until they're 30 or 35 years old. Yeah, But it, it usually happens. It usually becomes something you look back on and you can rejoice that you're in a better place later on. But long view.
1: Long view. Yeah, I love that. We like to end with something kind of fun. So we're going to throw a two-part question at you. First question is... Queso or guac, and the second <laughs> question would be, what's
2: your favorite kind of taco? So guac for sure, mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. One is it's just so enjoyable, but the other is you enjoy having eaten it <laughs> more than you enjoy <laughs> having eaten queso. Oh, <laughs> so good. So and um, favorite taco, I really like bar taco, which mm-hmm. is more of kind of a, a bougie, like splurge <laughs> sort of place with these sort of crafty, mm-hmm. artsy tacos that are also delicious, but I'm also a sucker for Baja Burrito, which you can walk to from right here. So if I want to be full, I go to Baja Burrito and enjoy every bite. And if I want to have more of a sensory kind of experience, (laughs) I'll go to Bar Taco. That's
0: great. Scott, even when you were saying the word pastor, I think that you have pastored beyond our community because it's so obviously your heart. And that's what it feels like this, however long we've been having a conversation has taken that you have pastored us in these few moments. And i just so excited and encouraged for parents to feel and experience the hope and freedom that you're describing and to hear your words wash over them. It's the greatest calling
2: on earth. Mm. There are a lot of great callings, but none of us would have survived without at least one parent in our lives, Um, whether biological or otherwise, none of us would have survived without that. It's the greatest call on earth. And mm. sometimes it can feel like the most empty, lonely, scary, yes, isolated one. Those feelings are real, but they're not true. It's such a valuable calling.
1: I have a friend out of town who I had encouraged to read your book recently. And they texted me back and said, I'm online right now. Which one should I get first? And I said, all of them, <laughs> which is my answer to folks listening who are thinking I need to sit in those truths more just we couldn't encourage folks enough to read everything you've written and as we said on the front side just that i feel like more than ever right now our world needs your Mm -hmm. voice so just grateful you would lend it to our time today thank you yours as well my friends thank you Uh, thank you
2: for your encouragement as well thank you
3: you. hi i'm jess Wolstenholm, mom of two and director of education and faith formation for minnow a streaming service for christian families Wow, what an amazing episode with Scott Sauls. What a rich conversation between David and Sissy and Scott about his new book, Beautiful People Don't Just Happen. In Scott's book, he says, I know what it's like to be unfinished and on the mend under Jesus' merciful, mighty, healing hand. I think as parents, we can relate to that a lot. Nothing sheds light on our need for God's mercy like parenting does. And in this season of busyness leading up to the holidays, when life seems frantic or when we feel like we just can't keep up, we're reminded even more how much we need Him. Do you struggle to admit your need for the Holy Spirit, our promised helper? I know I do. But God wants to teach us in our unfinished state that He is faithful to come, to help, to mend our humanity with His powerful presence. And you know what? When we allow Him to work on us, right in front of our kids, they see firsthand His powerful love. God's divine design for our faith formation—and for theirs—is for us to grow together from unfinished, broken people into beautiful vessels that pour His love out into the world.
0: It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the
1: Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com.
0: Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.